Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. everybody. Let me welcome Aline here today. She's one of the very enthusiastic casual coaches. She lives in South Africa. And my first question for today is what are you currently passionate about in agile space? That's a big question. I think the one that really stands out for me is the, um, the whole being, so the behavior of agile. Uh, I think for very long we have been stuck in, in the frameworks and doing agile and companies coming to you, fix my teams. And, and we see a lot of, of people implementing the frameworks, tools, practices, but they don't change the way they work. So my true passion is actually that, how do we actually change the way we work? Like the whole behavior aspect of it. And that's from, from the top of a company to the bottom uh, that needs to happen in my mind. So tell us more about changing that behavior. In which way? Well, I think, and it's, it's funny you say, but like, what am I passionate about in the agile space? I, I, I have actually lately, not lately, but over the last two years, have changed my own approach to more focus on, it's not so much about agile anymore. And it's not about becoming agile, right? We have these big enterprise companies saying, we need to be agile. And we ask why? Well, because our competitor does it. Like, that's not a good enough reason. So they see it as, as the goal. And we see these big companies has that as we do agile transformation, digital transformation. And you see all these words, right? But for me, it's the core of it. Like what, what is the problem you're trying to solve? But I think many forgets that. And they like, no, but we heard about Scrum. We heard about this framework, that framework, and, and agile, the big silver bullet, right? Just come and make my team agile. I'm like, but what are you trying to solve? So actually, when, when, you, when we talk about the behavior of it, I know it's still broad, but it's that aspect of it. Firstly, what is it need? What are we trying to solve? What is we trying to change? And I like to say, like, I come with a tool bag full of agile tools, practices, all kinds of stuff, methods, all kinds of stuff in this tool bag, and I can dig into it and find a tool that might help you. But let's first have a deeper conversation of then what is it we're trying to solve? And I find when you ask that question, it doesn't become about agile anymore. It becomes about the problem we have. And for me, that's interesting because then we often begin of a problem saying, okay, why do we have these challenges? So especially when you're working with executives and all of those, right? Like it takes a lot of effort to actually even make them realize what is the challenges. My team doesn't deliver. But is that actually the true challenge here? <laughs> so the, the aspect of that and the depth of that to get them to understand what is actually standing in your way. So to give some practice example, what I've seen lately um, is the challenge of the, the demand is simply too big and nobody 
especially in big enterprise. They they try to be agile in the way of saying, no, no, it's bottom up. No, but it's actually not. You come from the top with a strategy with ideas of what needs to be implemented. And you push and push and push. And yes, you might have gone away already with not pushing deadlines, but you still have things you want to get done. You maybe not set a specific, it has to be done March that day, but then you just come with the requirements instead. Is that better? So the whole conversation about how do we prioritize? How do we actually change behavior? A uh, uh, challenge recently was where I said, okay, if this is your top priority, what should we stop so we can do that? Not many companies have that conversation. That let's hire more people. Does that solve your issues? So I'm, I'm feeling like now as I talk, as I think, like there's a lot of complexity around this. There's not just one topic in this, but it's really, if we sum it down, right, it's about understanding what is the problem and understand what behavior creates these problems. And then we can go back to our agile tool bag and find, do we have some tools that can help with this? Instead of saying, let's first implement tools. And then what do we then measure? And that's very true. I have it 100% agree on that. But let's go a little deeper. So assume they have a problem and they are able to realize it. Now, what's next? Like, um, you know, those problems are we can't prioritize or we are unable to make a decision. I'm just making up, but you can do yeah. your own most common. Those are just which resonate with me considering my last few clients, right? So what are you going to do next? So give us a real example. I think... So it's a very good example to make there, but I want to take it deeper because of the area where I'm in at the moment, the challenge is is broader than just prioritize. And I mentioned earlier, it's actually also the conversation about, about what should we not be doing. Uh, and a short little example is for me, it's always about transparency. So I see over and over again, especially in big companies, also in small companies, we're so afraid of being transparent. We're so afraid of actually say, what is wrong here? What is the problems? And if we dig deeper into that, right, like we've seen example, it could be the way they get centralized, right? Like, does your bonus actually stand in your way for being, uh, being honest? Um, are you uh, promoted by, what is the culture in the companies? Uh, what is, um, do we have a culture of, uh, you risk your job if you're being honest, right? I'm just trying to now think of all the companies I've been in. There's a lot of different, example on why people don't want to be transparent. I've had another company where it was simply the different departments was um, competing so much. So they should always be better. And the more transparent you are, the more you show your dirt. So they didn't want to do that. So there's so many reasons. So it's really to figure out what in your environment is these reason for not be great transparency. Because to, to be truly agile and inspect and reflect, we need transparency, right? If you don't have transparency, what do you then inspect and adapt? So that's actually nearly all in the first place I start. How can we create transparency? Even also prioritize. If we don't have transparency, how can we prioritize? If we're not being honest with each other, how do we know what's most important? And that then gives a deeper level because if we go back to the behavioral of there, to really, as a coach, dig into saying, what is the challenges here? And that's where I always say, you said, how do we solve it? It depends, right? It depends. Do we take, uh, there's many ways of solving these things. Um, again, it depends of the root cause. I love the five why, right? To get people to understand what is the root cause of this challenge. I'm trying to think about one concrete example. Uh, it could be one, what I've seen is that thing, if you really don't want to fail, like your, what are you incentivized by? 
really think, are you creating an environment where failure is not allowed? That's the first step. I've seen companies actually put into the OKR saying, you should actually fail twice this year, then we'll give you a bonus. It's maybe not the, <laughs> like people say, no, can we do that? But if you really have a person, I've seen a manager being so driven by perfection, that it's, it's not in the nature to fail. And if they do, they definitely don't want to share it. So now you have to create an environment for them where it's safe to fail. And, and if they are in the environment of bonus still, then of course there's an easier place to go. I'm not saying it's easy, it's never easy. I very often feel that transparency is missing, but I also feel that the trust is missing. And then building that trust first goes very slow. It needs to be done, but it takes time. So how do you keep your clients patient? You're right. Now, when you mention it, um, the trust, of course, transparency comes with trust, as, as we uh, uh, talk about. And there is challenges, especially in big enterprise companies, because, like, let's let's be honest. In a big enterprise, right, it's often about climbing the ladders. How can I get to the next position? And sometimes, especially in big corporate, I'm not saying it's right, but what we see is, can you, you've played the game, the political game. We all know it. We've all been there. We've seen it. You feel the pain. So the thing about trust, do you truly trust each other there? Because maybe if you trust that person too much, he's the one that gets the promotion, right? So again, it's back to the behavior. What culture do we want to create in the big corporates? So I've been in a in a another company where it was like the human side of it. And I had a not long ago, I had a chat with a couple of coaches, and we were saying about when you coach like a bunch of executives i have i had some uh, new coaches coming in and they were like how do we do this and i said treat them like any other team they're humans so sometimes <laughs> i see you smiling now right because we sometimes i can feel it myself as an agile coach coming into these senior people also i'm, I'm not that old i'm getting older <laughs> but often the people in that room is very much older than me and sometimes i ask myself how can i teach them anything how can I uh, like empower them but it's simply that matter of, of understand where they're coming from and simply understand they are also humans and they are a team like every other team that has to build the psychological safety have to trust each other and all of that it's actually it's exactly like walking into a developer scrum team that also has to work together so take those out of a, as a as a coach consultant and all your team techniques and find how do we actually build a team and i think sometimes especially in big companies i would say i actually personally feel it's easier in smaller company because i think i say there's pressure on all levels in a company right but i've seen now lately in the big enterprise there's so much pressure that they don't prioritize to treat themselves as a team they don't prioritize to take the time out yes maybe once a year but they say we have a strategy team and we do a little bit of like even now i do with the body language right like a bit soft part because that's what it seems like right so get them to understand this softer part is okay this uh, what we do like I, I, I still, i'm laughing a bit now because i see like we've been in so many meetings with people where they kick off an icebreaker and everybody's like why do you want to know what superpower i have and i think it's often missing like i think one of the important job of us as a coach is to take them on the journey and understand why are we doing these things I think like we heard a lot of the agile environment by having 
not good enough scrum masters, coaches that haven't taken people on the journey to understand. I'm not asking you what superpower, sorry, I'm just a very simple example here. I'm not here asking you what superpower you have just to be funny. When we do these things, there's actually a deeper reason. So I've seen, especially like to more senior and more people are stuck in, this is the old way worked, the way we're doing, the more you actually have to take them on the journey of why are we doing things, these things? Why are we doing an icebreaker? Why are we doing these uh, team contracts? Why are we talking about how you're feeling? Why am I asking how you are? And I actually mean, how are you? Because it can be very big change for them. And if I, I've seen if you tell the psychological aspect of why we're doing these things, they started, wow, that makes sense. We're all logical people. So can you talk to the logic of a human? You're more easy to bring them on the journey. And if you bring them on the journey and start to use these tools as teams, I find you start to build the trust. But it's a long journey to get there, actually. It is, it is. So let's have a look to your journey. So you're one of the most passionate people about IHL. I know, I really like your enthusiasm, energy, positivity. It was something like close to magical when I met you in Denver gathering. And I felt like I really want to know more about her. So that's something which is not as common. So where do you take your energy? What brought you to IHL and why do you like it? So I, I I think on my LinkedIn, I still have saying, I've never done a waterfall project. And many people are like, huh, how can you never done that? This is because you're so young. <laughs> I was quite lucky. So to keep a long story short, I was quite lucky back in the days. So I'm a software developer. Um, I got taught everything agile. So the mindset and the school I went was saying, we need to teach you the new things because in IT, everything is old yesterday. Like we need to teach. So the teacher was learning what we were learning. And I still remember I looked back one day and I found this report I have written on describing 15 different agile frameworks. I couldn't remember I'd done that. So for many years, it was just a part of me. And I actually never know. Do you know when you like you just do it because it's just the way you think? So you, so you said I was from South Africa. That's also correct. But I'm actually original from Denmark. Uh, that's where I grew up and uh, moved now I've been seven years in South Africa and it was actually when I did the move to South Africa and came here and started working with IT companies as a consultant I realized how much do I know because it was a typical I walked into a team that says they do agile but they didn't get any of the benefits so it's typically that thing you, you implement the stand up in the morning all of these things we've seen over and over again but they didn't get any of the benefits and I remember still one day I stood up I was the product owner in that stage on that team and I asked them Guys, so there's young guys on this team, all developers, all around my age, back in the days. <laughs> and I asked them, do you, do you know Agile and Scrum? And they're like, yeah, 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 we do. You can see we do it. I was like, no, but you don't. Um, and that was actually where I realized how much I know. Because if there's something you just have done, you don't realize how much you actually know. And I've seen it work. I think that's where my passion comes from. I've seen it work. And for me, it's not longer Agile. For me, and that's why we talk about behavior, right? Like it's about a different way of work. It's about the human in it. And that's why I have so much passion because I'm tired of seeing companies where we burn out people. I'm tired of seeing these uh, uh, wheels people are in, right? Go in to the office at eight o'clock in the morning. Thank God actually COVID helped a little bit on that. One thing positive about COVID also probably the only thing that companies were suddenly allowed to, had to change. 
which we broke that routine up every Monday morning. People were driving into office and sat there until five and then back again. We were like robots. And I'm like, we are humans, we're not robots, and we need to change the way we work. And that's the big passion of me. I'm like, we need to change. I think that's what drives me. As you as as you also say, I have a, I have a deep passion. I can keep, always talk about this topic, and I remember a person. So I do quite a lot of volunteer work also in this environment because it is such a big passion of mine. He said, "Where do you get the energy?" I said, "Well, if you have found your passion, what you believe in, of course you do it because I believe you have to change." So, what was the most difficult moment you need to face on this journey of changing behavior in organization and people? in teams <laughs> i immediately think about that picture now i assume everybody i've seen the thing that uh, cartoon about uh, we want change who want to change and they put all up the hands right who want to you know who wants no we want change everybody has a hand up next picture is like who want to change nobody has a hand up and say who leads to change no and then already everybody left right so it's actually the challenge is we all somehow know we need to change the way we work. Now I'm talking in general, right? We know people are burnt out. We know the way of the stress that puts on us. Now being a woman also, seeing like, I read so many articles that says, can women have it all? I think about we want a career, we want family, we want kids, we want the perfect house. Um, so as a woman, I feel we have that, we still stuck in, we want that life where we didn't work, but also we want a full-time career. And now we're trying, so in my being a woman and I have woman, woman, um, friends around me, I see the burnout because we put so much pressure on ourselves. I'm like, we can't keep doing this. So I believe our companies are structured as back in the days. We are not back in the days anymore. We have to change it. And that's actually the complexity of it, that we all want to, we know we should, but tomorrow the pressure is on again and we go back into our normal routine. So the whole anti-pattern of saying, if you're under pressure, right, you follow your old, your old new, new patterns. So to actually create new neural patterns in your brain to follow a new way of working, that's actually the challenge. I was just thinking, listening to you, like um, you say, we all see the need for change. So what are you going to do in an environment where they say, uh, we don't see the need for change. We are fine. No, we don't like it here, but it's okay. Everybody does it. We did it 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, same way. What are you going to do? Walk away. I have a strong belief and we have it in the coaching environment, right? You can't coach people that doesn't want to be coached. They have to find out their problem first. And let's go back to that thing, right? What is the problem? So, and we've seen it, right? We have seen it. I've seen it as a consultant. I get hired into an area. The boss says you need to be agile and you get placed. Nobody on the ground asks for this change. You, you basically can't move anything because they're not open. You use like months to first get a connection with these people to understand why you're there. Uh, I've been in areas where there were scrum masters and I felt coming in as a scrum agile coach to a scrum master, you really need to create a relationship because they feel so threatened. Am I not doing my uh, job good enough? Why are you here? So the first long time you actually, if, if that's the case, right, where they can't see why they need to change, you use so much to try, like, just create relationship. I'm like, I've, I've been for so many coffee days just to create relationship, right? Um, so I actually now I'm like, I, I don't want to waste my time on those that doesn't want to change. Uh, I'd rather say no. Because there is areas, and then I'm like, like the whole change mindset, right? Start with those that want it. 
they're the easy ones. So look around. Maybe a tip to a new coach that walk into a team. See that person that comes up to you, the first and want to talk with you. Become friends with that one because then you start a movement, right? Instead of having to struggle, create a connection to those that doesn't want. So I have a last question for today and that's, you know, agile, full movement been here for a while. So if you look into the future, what do you think is the future of agile in like 20 years from now? I immediately think, was it in 2019, the, the big thing came around in all blog posts, Agile is dead. Um, and and I, I remember I got so many people sending it to me. See, Malena, what you're saying is dead. I'm like, did you read the article? Because yes, the title says so, but did you actually read it? Because yes, it is dead with that way you're treating it. If we just focus on frameworks, process, and tool, it is dead. Because that's not Agile. Um, I, I've started lately do quite a lot of talk saying agile without agile and I think that's like we're tired of the word we're tired of the keywords we're tired of the buzzwords we're tired of all of those things because we have for so many years now tried to see like implementing framework tools and all those things it doesn't change anything so I don't believe agile is dead but the bad anti-pattern agile should die um, and I think we have a, I feel we are, we are tired of the word agile but we can't just this it right so i still believe agile is the future but it's the being of it so it's the whole mindset and i think we need to do more work on that of saying what does that actually mean so i've done the the companies i work in recently I've, i'm i'm focused much more on oh, what behavior do i want to see I, I i actually stopped talking about the principles the values and all of those things because it's so difficult to transform into my day-to-day -day job so i do more talk about as if you're a leader I don't quizzes. If you're a leader, what behavior should you do? Should you do this, be micromanaging and, and give people tasks? Or should you have more of a mindset? How can I help? Like stuff like that that makes them think, oh, I could do that. We don't even talk about agile. I think that's what we need. We need to start changing our behavior in the companies. That's the future. Well, thank you very much. It was a very interesting conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shokova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A dot com Thank you for listening.